0: I want to talk about the blessing. Yes, yes Lord. Um, turn first of all to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Is this off? Is that off? Yes, sir. I think That's I good. just turned it on. Deuteronomy 30. In verse 19, familiar verses, and we're going to spend a lot of time in the Old Testament at the beginning here, and then we're going to bring the whole thing into uh, the New Testament era at the end, but I want to start with this, and, and this is familiar as are many of these verses that we're going to go through, and it says in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, or blessing and curse. Therefore, and I'm reading from the modern English version. It's pretty close to the King James, and you may have a different version, so follow along. Therefore, it says there at the end of 19, choose life. That both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. Choose today, life and death, blessing and cursing. If you stop to think about it, this is the same choice that Adam was offered in the garden. Now, the blessing choice was pretty easy because he was blessed all over the place, one side and down the other, right? I mean, it was Eden. The Garden of Eden was like heaven on earth. He walked with God. He was blessed. (laughs) But he was given a choice about life or death. And, and he and Eve. And w- even today, we are given a choice yes, yes, sir. to choose life, spiritual life, and to choose blessings in our life. So I want to focus on the blessing part of this, because obviously blessings have to do with our lives and have to do with that choice of life versus death. So we're going to talk about blessing. First of all, He gives us the choice blessing or curse curses. And as I was studying this, I started to look up the what these words mean. We're going to talk about blessing and what it means. But did you know I just did a quick little study? And those of you who are not aware, I really like to research the word. God gives me a theme and I'd and I like, I like to really dig in and research. So have your swords ready because we're doing a sword drill here as we dive into the word. But the, the word, in the King James, the word bless or some derivation of it, blessed, blessing, blesses, some derivation of the word bless is used 377 times at least that I could count. In the New Testament, it's used 110 times the word curse or cursing or curses is used in the Old Testament 180 times. And in the New Testament, only 23. 89% of all of the uses of the variations of the word curse are in the Old Testament. And of that 11%, those 23 that are in the New Testament, some of those references are to somebody who's cussing Okay? Some of the other references are quotes from the Old Testament. So the the idea of the of cursing being in the New Testament or the curse being in the New Testament, it's not there. Why do you suppose that is? What happened between the Old and the New Testament to make that kind of a difference? Amen? So of the Total number of times the word bless is used, it's almost 500 times. And the total number of times curse is used is 203. And so that's about a 40% curses and 60% blessings. I'll take the 60% every day. How about you? Amen? Amen. So what do we mean then by this word blessing? Well, I, I started to research that and I began to realize that what we need to really understand what that means is to go back to the various types of blessings that we find in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. And I want to look at those. So we're going to look at each one, not necessarily in the order that are in the Bible, but the, the first one is the first one. And that is the what I'm calling the Adamic blessing, the blessing on Adam. Okay, so turn to Genesis one twenty-eight, And this is familiar. We have been preaching from this. Pastor Steele has been preaching from this in the pulpit lately. So none of this is new material, but I want to show you it in this new context. So in verse 28, it, it says, God bless them. And said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Then he said, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed, which is on the face of the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you. So Adam's blessing... Was one of provision, food for you, and also the blessing of having dominion over the earth. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's fast forward to the Abrahamic blessing, Genesis 12. Genesis 12, verse 1, and There are several other places where the blessing on Abraham is mentioned, but this is the first time. And it says, verses 1 through 2 and 3, Now the Lord said to Abraham, or to Abram at the time, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your family, and your father's house to the land I will show you. Verse 2, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing I will bless them who bless you, curse them who curse you, and in all and in you all families of the earth will be blessed. So guess what? Are we a family? You got a family? That's on us as well. And this blessing, as you see it, is a blessing of prosperity and favor. Now the word prosperity there is translated success. You will be successful. And and if you read that reread that blessing, there's a lot of success that he's he's uh, blessing Ab- Abram with at the time, yes, right? Sir. Yes, sir. Uh, now, just as an aside, uh, you can we'll be coming back to uh, the Old Testament in a minute, but fast forward into into uh, Romans for a minute, and in Romans chapter four and verse fourteen, just so you can see that this blessing on Abram. Uh, extends to us verse 14 of chapter 4 in Romans says for if those who are of the law became heirs if they became heirs because they're of the law then faith would be made void and the promise nullified because the law what produces wrath Where there is no law, there is no sin, my version says. Well, you know, I'm going to give you the swagger amplification is where there is law, there is sin. Right? The curse of the law. Therefore, the promise comes through faith so that it might be by grace. Grace that the promise would be certain to all the descendants, not only those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So that blessing way back there in Genesis 12 extends all the way to us and beyond. Amen? Amen. So we've got the Adamic blessing and the Abrahamic blessing. And even though they extend to us, they were blessings on an individual. Right And then extended uh, through them to us. the next one is in deuteronomy 28 and verse I'm, I'm going to read all of this. it's again so familiar to you, but I want to read it all and so we have the context. This is the mosaic blessing, what's called the Mosaic blessing. Now actually, this is Moses giving this blessing to the people. So it's not Moses' blessing, except to the extent he's part of the people. He's just passing it on. This is in the middle of a long uh, sermon or presentation that Moses is making to the people of Israel before he dies, okay? And he's pronouncing this blessing on the people. Chapter 28, Deuteronomy, verse 1. Now it will be, if you will, how? If you'll obey. If you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord. If you will obey, how? Diligently. If you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I'm commanding you today. That's what Moses was doing. Then the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings that I'm about to pronounce will come on you and overtake you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, if you're running away from them, it's catching, it's gaining on you. Yeah. It's going to overtake you. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you listen to yes. the voice of the Lord your God. Yes. Right? All right, so let's look at them. Verse three, you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. There's not many other places left that you can't be blessed, right? It's either in the city or the country, right? Your offspring will be blessed and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your livestock and the increase of your herd and the flocks of your sheep, your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in, blessed going out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. Have you got any enemies rising up? They'll come out against you one way and flee before you seven. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you set your hand to do. Now, barns, we could say is bank accounts these days, right? And in all that you set your hand to do. Um, And he will bless you in the land the Lord is giving you. I just want a little side note there. He'll bless you in your barns and in all you set your hand to do. Yes, sir. We have a job here. We've got to set our hand to do it. Yes, sir. Okay, it's not just coming to us, you know, a sack of money on the doorstep. That's right. That's right. I'll take it, by the way, if it, and I know you would too. But I, but you got to set your hand to it. <laughs> Verse 9, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he swore to do to you if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in all his ways. So there's that if. It's an if-then statement. Okay, If you do this, then this will happen. All people of the earth shall see that you you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. The Lord will make you overflow in prosperity in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you. Verse 12, the Lord will open up to you his good treasure, the heavens. Are you thinking of Malachi 3 here? Yeah. (laughs) The heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and bless all the work of your hand. You will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will only be above and not beneath. That's where we get all of those confessions that we make. If, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I'm commanding you today to observe and to do them. Also, you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I'm commanding you today to, do the right, uh, to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. And the last verse is um, verse 15. But, but but it will happen if you will not listen to the voice of the Lord your God by being careful to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I'm commanding you today. Then all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And he proceeds to list all the curses, which are pretty much opposite of all the blessings. Yes, sir. Except it takes about two pages to do all the list all the curses and we had a not quite a page of the blessings so this mosaic blessing is a blessing to the people it extends to us and it has to do with honor and prosperity again that word prosperity that's there in verse 11 is translated success Amen. and note again the need for obedience for that to all that to happen. So there are four of the blessings that the Lord gave in the Old Testament to, to individuals or to the nation and that extend to us. The fifth blessing that I want to spend more time on is in Numbers six. Turn to Numbers six with me if you would, please. This is sometimes called the Levitical blessing or the priestly blessing. Uh, again, that's a little bit of a misnomer because this was a blessing that the priests were to tell to the people. So it's really a blessing on the people, just like the uh, Mosaic blessing was. So look at verse in Numbers 6. <clears throat> Well, I'll start in in 22. Uh, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and to his sons. This is how you will bless the children of Israel. Saying to them, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift, my version says, his countenance upon you and give you peace. Nice, short, concise blessing that actually is probably the most comprehensive blessing in the Bible, in the Old Testament. So I've learned a lesson here. I used to be a university professor, as some of you know, and I'm finding it is possible to be thorough and concise. Which is not common in university <laughs> professorial circles. This blessing from Numbers uh, is widely used as a blessing and has been uh, in the nation of Israel and even in modern times. Um, and it's especially at the end of worship, it seems. Uh, in this blessing, where he's make, he uses the word you, that's singular, you singular. So, this is very personal. This comes to each person individually. <clears throat> this uh, scripture has special meaning to me. I don't know if any of you have ever heard the song by Carrie Job, I think it is, and, and uh, yeah. Cody Carnes called The Blessing. Mm-hmm. YouTube it sometime, it, it'll bless you. So, this is a special one to me, and I think it should be to all of us. <clears throat> and I want to spend some time breaking it down to show you how thorough and how detailed and comprehensive it really is. So, and this is where I really got into the study. So, bear with me. Okay, there's some truth here. Let's see if we can sort through it together. First of all, it's, it says, The Lord bless you. Bless. bless. What does bless mean? <laughs> Well, in the Old Testament, it comes from uh, the Hebrew word barak, B-A-R-A-K, which translated means to kneel. It also means to bless as a benefit or to affirm. It's interesting that that word kneel is is the primary meaning of this term. Um, There's a root word related to that, Um, that has to do with uh, uh, a reservoir. In fact, uh, the related noun to this is the word prosperity. Okay. And then there's this other root word is related to a reservoir that a camel kneels at to get water. Okay. Okay. This implies to me that to receive the blessing, we need to spend some time on our knees, <laughs> yes, <sir>. right? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, it also shows that this prosperity that it's talking about is not merely defined as money. Um, you know, that thirsty camel getting that drink was as blessed as he needed to be and there wasn't any money involved, Amen. right? Right? And, and just you know, picture yourself. Where, where, in what way are you thirsty? So, this idea of kneeling is there, but prosperity is probably the the best single term to use to translate this original Hebrew word, which we also translate as bless. Um, this word, I want to go into the, the idea of prosper a little bit, the idea of prospering. Uh, in the Old Testament, as I said, it means to succeed. Look, uh, keep your finger there but, and put a bookmark there because we're going to keep coming back to it. But look at Deuteronomy 29. Right a couple of pages away from where we were. or one page away. In, in Deuteronomy 29 and verse 9, It says, therefore, keep the words of this covenant to do them. This is still Moses talking. So that you may prosper in all that you do. And that word prosper comes, translates succeed. You see, money is not the measure of success. Whatever money, we all need money. Money is a form of exchange. Okay. What we need is what we can get with that money. And success gives us the opportunity to get wealth. We are empowered to get wealth because of prosperity. Because, and that we're successful accordingly. Okay. So this word prosper here that we translate also as blessed has to do with success. Yes. There is another use in the Old Testament of the word prosper. And it means to break out. Uh, you can see that in a couple of other places. One is, uh, if you want to write this down, we won't go there, but Psalm 1-3 uses this other Hebrew word, which means to break out. Uh, another one that you're familiar with is Isaiah fifty five eleven, where where it says, my, the word, my word will prosper in that for which I've sent it. Yes. Prosper. Break out. Yeah. Amen. And even in the New Testament... Third uh, John, write, write this one down. Third uh, John, verse two. Again, very familiar, but where he says that uh, that that I, my wish is that you will prosper even as your soul prospers. The Greek word there for uh, uh, bless or is the same as prosper in the Greek. So in the New Testament, it's there too. Okay. So the Lord bless you. And then secondly, it says, and keep you. Amen. Now he's already blessed you and you'll succeed, you'll prosper. Now he's going to keep you. Praise what does that God. mean? It comes from the Hebrew word shamar, which, is, which means to hedge about or to guard or probably the best term is protect. <laughs> protect you. So, Pastor James, whatever you got encircling you that's good is great, and if it's bad, you're protected. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, yeah. So this word, the use of the word uh, that we say keep, this shamar, is also used way back in the garden where Adam was to keep the garden. Wow. Genesis 2.15. Okay, so what does that tell you? He's, he's telling him to hedge it about, guard it, protect it. Yes, sir. It's also used um, in, for example, Genesis 28 and verse 15, where the Lord said he would protect or keep Jacob. And then you could, and I didn't write these down, but there are a number of places in the Psalms that use this word keep, and this, this definition of the word keep. Um, keep the word, keep your testimony, keep the law, keep the paths of righteousness, and so forth. So keep, protect it. Number three, make his face shine upon you. Oh, there's a lot in that one. There's make, face, and shine. The word make, and I like this one because it comes from the uh, Hebrew word Nathan which is my youngest grandson's name Nathan (laughs) which means to cast or send out and I have a picture of of a fisherman casting his line out sending it out Okay, that's what make means and then the word face comes from the word panim P-A-N-I-M which is, has a really rough translation. It means the face. But then it says the face as the part that turns. So there's an, there's an aspect of turning that's involved in this. And it comes from another root word, which means to appear or have respect toward. And then putting all that together, it's suggested that it really has to do with his presence. So part of this blessing is his face represents his presence. In Leviticus 26.9, jump over to that for a minute. Leviticus 26.9. It says, I will turn toward you and make you fruitful. See, in there, in the King James, it says, I have respect to you. There's that word respect. It's not like being respectful so much as, as, that word, the suffix, spect, refers to seeing or looking, right? That's why you have spectacles, some of you. Right? Spect. So I will look again. Respect. (laughs) <laughs> okay, and uh, I will have respect for you. Here it says, uh, in uh, where I go? Twenty six nine. I will turn toward you and make you fruitful and multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. Yes, thank you. Um, the idea of his presence is expressed, and we won't go there. But you can write it down in Psalm eighty nine fifteen. Um, the idea of f- the, the word face is the same word in Genesis 1-2 where it says and darkness was on the face of the deep. Same word. And then uh, back in that Genesis uh, area where, where Jacob was involved, he said that he would, uh, Jacob would said that he saw him face to face. Okay, that's in Genesis 32:30. Finally, look at Psalm 87. 80 and 7. You with me? Yes, sir. 87. Chapter 80 verse 7. Restore us again, O God of hosts, and cause your face to shine, and we shall be delivered. Cause your face to shine. So there is the idea of the word face and the word shine. So what does shine mean? It comes from the word or, O-W-R, and it means to basically to illuminate or to, to be luminous. And, and so there's this picture of, of God's face shining towards you. Yes. thank you Praise God. And he's sending it towards you, sending it out, making his face shine towards you. Glory. Uh, same use of the word shine as what we see in numbers. We see in Isaiah 60 and verse 1, arise, shine, for your light has come. So the shining face of God signifies his benevolence, his grace. And one author said, it's just like he's just smiling at you. Amen. Okay. He approves of you. Yeah, thank you Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Is that a blessing right there? Yes. Yes. And so that, and a, this is a common expression, face shining for favor. So there's a number of different words that you can use, but essentially he's sending... Out His presence to shine on you. I'll take it, Lord. These lights are bright. If you stood up here, you I can't see you, Janessa. I can't see you. I can see London whenever I need to. Okay, much brighter than that. The brilliance, the 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 brilliance of, of the Lord's face, and I've gotten had visions of this. Is uh, it? it's can't be described. It's just brilliant. And he, remember when Moses went up on the mountain? He came back and his face was shining so much, Here. just from the the Lord's face shining on his, that they couldn't look at him. They put a bag over his head. It's that kind of brilliance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, the next part. What did I miss? Ah. Going back to numbers, let's go back. I want to make sure we're in the right order. Where is numbers? Numbers, numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. There he is. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Probably that word upon has some meaning too. I didn't search that out, but it's important. In every one of these uses the word you, it's you singular. And be gracious to you. This comes from the word kaunan, C-H-A-N-A-N. It kind of connotes to bend or to stoop in kindness, to favor, to bestow, or to be merciful. Be gracious to you. So favor is involved with this. Probably the word favor is uh, is uh, the best single word to use. Especially favor when it's neither expected nor deserved. Favor of God, Thanks. grace of God. Thank you. Noah found grace, right? Same word, Genesis 6, 8. Um, Exodus, th- this is kind of an important one, Exodus thirty three nineteen says... I will be gracious to whom I am gracious. And Psalm 84 he gives grace and honor. All of those are this word kanan, which essentially means merciful or favor. Next is lift up his countenance upon you. Now that sounds a little bit like letting his face shine on you. Let's talk about that. Lift, first of all, the word lift means to raise up. Okay? Uh, Or to regard. And the, the word pardon is even in part of that meaning. Or hold up. And it says in Psalm 4, look at Psalm 4, 6 real quick. Psalm 4, 6 says, I want to see it on this. King James says, there will be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. My, verse, my, my version says, lift up the light of your face over us. So lift has the idea of raising up, holding up. Countenance is the same word as what was translated, the word face. Exact same word. So, and some versions say face like mine did. Okay, others say countenance. Um, I think there's a difference in these two and I'm going to explain that in a minute. But countenance, th- this just indicates his gracious action toward us. One writer, one uh, Jewish writer said that the, the, this carries with it a picture of, of a father holding up a child like this and just proudly and full of joy just beholding that child. See how you got to lift up your face to do that? That's a, good, that's a good picture of what the meaning of this is. <clears throat> So both the shining and the lifting of his face suggest his approval toward you, but the shining has to do with the radiance coming on you. The lifting, essentially, he's got his eyes right on you. Yeah. He's watching over you. Got your back. <laughs> right? Is that? I mean, that's, that's powerful. Lift up his countenance upon you. So you see all of these different aspects of the blessing in this concise few verses and you see all of what it really means the last one is give you peace and you know what the word for peace is shalom which means to be safe, well happy and it, impl- it carries with it the idea of what wholeness nothing missing nothing broken So it has with it a, a, just a, a nothing missing, nothing broken. I mean, that covers it all pretty much. So there's a wide range of connotations. It's all the way from things <clears throat> like prosperity. It has, <clears throat> excuse me, it has to do with family, uh, with your safety, with your health, with friendships, relationships, your job. It has to do with everything where there's nothing missing and nothing broken. And it's interesting that this is the final part of this blessing. After all that comes above, then give you peace. Yes, sir. Peace is not an absence of war. Amen. Right? Um a lot of times you've got to have peace even in the battle. Uh, what, what does it Ephesians say? When you put on the whole armor of God, what are you standing on? The preparation of the gospel of peace. Yes, sir. I mean, you're going into battle with the armor on, right? So peace is not what you get after the battle. You've got to go into the battle with it. So we have these four. Uh, there are other blessings in the Old Testament. Uh, there's Noah was blessed. Uh, and, and, son, and, and Abraham's uh, heirs were all blessed and so forth. Uh, David was blessed. Okay? And we could go through all of those, but I think you kind of get the picture. The Old Testament is, uh, is full of the idea of God wanting to bless his people. And some of it carries this idea of obedience along with it. And that's where the people, you know, kept having a problem in the Old Testament. So let's fast forward into the New Testament. There's one more blessing that I want to talk about. And we could call this Jesus' blessing, the gospel blessing. you see, there's no curse associated with our covenant with God. Amen. Only blessings, oh, and that's yes. why the word blessing is almost never used in the New Testament, because the curses. I mean, excuse me. That's why the word curses are not used in the New Testament, because the curse is done with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Not true. Of the old covenant, curse of the law, and so forth. Um, But this is what Jesus did for us. And I've made the statement before, and and, and every time I run across anything like this, it just reminds me, what Jesus did changed everything. When you fulfill the law, the law is done. Now, we have new laws, and they're similar to, the, to the, like the Ten Commandments. What did Jesus say? He summed up the Ten Commandments in two commandments. First scripture verse I ever memorized in vacation Bible school, Luke 10, 27. Right? Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind. That's the first set of commandments. And thy neighbor is thyself. Second set of commandments. Which actually comes, it, it is a Hebrew Command It's the old Hebrew Shema, okay, but it summarizes everything that's in the Ten Commandments. So Jesus didn't, and he said that, right? So Jesus didn't do away with the Ten Commandments, but he he just overturned the apple cart on all of the Jewish tradition and all the laws and all the rules and regulations that nobody, including but maybe especially the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all the other sees. Nobody could keep all those rules and regulations. It was impossible. That's ultimate curse of the law right there. You could not succeed. You couldn't be blessed. Couldn't be prosperous under the, under the old law. Jesus swept that all, all away by fulfilling the law. Now, in one sense, he even swept away those blessings that we went through in the Old Testament. But then they got reinstated. And, now, see, what got swept away was the tradition that started to hang around those blessings. And all the rules and the regulations and the festivals and the feasts and all this. Right? That all kind of just obscured the blessing. So Jesus did away with all of that, exposed the real blessing, but then he added to it because he extended the blessing from now to eternity. Blessings before extended only for the time, only for the present time. Jesus, in undoing all that he undid, extended it into eternity. Thank you. So in the New Testament, the word bless comes from the Greek, eologo. eo logo, <laughs> Just like it sounds. And that means to speak well of or praise. Now, it comes from the the root words, the eo and the logo. If you go back to them, uh, eo, which is EU when you go back to the root word, is the word good. What's logo? What's the word logo? Good word. word. Good word. What do we call a good word? The gospel. So the gospel is our blessing, right? Good news. Hallelujah. You know, I'm tempted to just stay on this, what Jesus did. See, he, just, he didn't just die on the cross. And a lot of religions... They have symbols even showing him still on the cross. He's not on the cross. No, he's not No, sir. Okay, he went to the cross, he accepted the cross. He became sin when he had no sin. But he he came down off that cross. He went into hell, gained the victory over death, hell, and the grave, was resurrected again, and now sits at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for you and me. That's our blessing. That's where our blessings coming from. And in doing that, he did away with all of that stuff. Yes, yes, and, and made it so simple that people can't, sometimes can't accept it. It's just simple. All you got to do is believe on him. That's all. <laughs> <Praise God. clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. So this word blessed, this EO logo, is used in a, in a number of places. I think I said 110 or so in the New Testament or some variation of it. By the, word, by the way, the word blessed or blessed in the Beatitudes, for example, just means happy. That's a little bit different use of the word here than what the idea of the blessing beyond that means. I mean, it's important. and Being happy is a part of the blessing, okay? Um, but if you look at Luke 9.16, just how are we doing here? We're doing good. Yes, sir. Those of you who are watching at home, I hope you are being blessed this morning by this word. Pastor Michelle, we love you and miss you and look forward to you being back with us as soon as you can. And tell Miss Lily hello for us. And everyone else watching, by the way, I spoke with uh, Brother Vernon this morning. And uh, if I don't know if you know, he had a procedure to uh, have a well, it's supposed to be a stint, but it ended up being a balloon put into by, uh, near his heart on Thursday. And he bounced out of that real fine. I had a nice long talk with him Thursday night. Uh, he's a little sore now <laughs> and taking his time recovering, but he's doing well. Luke uh nine sixteen. familiar story well you know he said to his. well let me back up and you can just follow he said to them in verse 13 give them something to eat you know this story and they said well we don't have any more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for these people and there were about 5,000 men uh, and he said to his disciples well make them sit down in groups of 50 well what do we just say we got to go how, What are you, what are you talking about right and so they did They were obedient and they made him sit. And then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he what? Blessed Blessed them. Mm -hmm. And broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were filled 12 baskets left. Mm -hmm. And I know pastor actually talked about this a week or so ago about what do those 12 baskets mean? Uh, And we don't know. I mean, it could be all of those disciples that couldn't, didn't get it. Each got a full basket just to make the point. <laughs> I don't know. Or, you know, maybe that boy that brought those, that little meal, they gave all 12 baskets to him so he could go be a blessing because he was a blessing. Right? So I don't know what the, what the 12 baskets exactly means, but I know there's a blessing in it somewhere. So he blessed them and break it and, and gave them to the disciples. And that's this word. He spoke well of it. He praised it. He basically pronounced good, uh, good news on that, those fishes and those loaves. And they what did they do? Multiply. a so, uh, blessing just does that. You can't help yourself. I'll, I'll remind you about the blessing of Abraham being on us. Go to Galatians three and verse. Well, we'll read 7 through 14. In Galatians 3, verse 7, he says, because a lot of this is good background for the the key verse. Therefore, know that those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. What's the name of this church? Faith Faith Builders. Are we of faith? You betcha. So we're sons of A- and daughters of Abraham. Well, Grandpa, Grandpa Abe, how are you doing, buddy? And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel in advance to Abraham. The scripture preached the gospel. Saying, You shall, uh, in you all nations, excuse me, in you shall all nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Verse 10 For all who rely on the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Did God curse people because they didn't do what the book of the law said? No, it's a choice. Remember, I said it before that we're all making choices all the time. Yes. Choose you this day. Okay. When you choose, when you don't choose life and you don't choose blessings, then you automatically choose cursings. Yes, Verse 11 now it's evident that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, for, quote, the just shall live by faith, but the law is not of faith. For the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us, verse 13, from the curse of the law by being made a curse for us as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And then verse 14, so that the blessing of Abraham, the good news, the gospel that Abraham received from the scripture might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. I want you to see Romans 15 verse 29. We're, we're we're getting near the end here on this scripture search. But look at Romans 15 and verse 29. I know this is Paul talking. I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of, Je- of Christ. The fullness of the blessing yeah. of the gospel. The gospel has a blessing that's all over it. And it's a full blessing. Now contrast that with, um, he, he's talking, com- compare the fullness there. Just back up a couple of verses to 26, where he's talking about Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. And then in verse 28, it says, therefore, when I have completed this and have given them this blessing to them, I shall come by way of you to Spain. So the, the giving, Pastor James talked about the giving of an offering today. Okay? And there is a blessing attached to that. And the receiving financially, there's a blessing attached to that. But that's not the same thing as the fullness of the blessing, that's just part of it. Okay? That's just one aspect of the full blessing of the gospel of Christ. You know, I've been, I am blessed financially. And I have experienced not being so well off, I'll say. I, and it's kind of funny. I remember my college days in particular. And that was back when Hamburger was 39 cents a pound, so you can date me accordingly. But even that was expensive. It just didn't have a lot of money. But I was blessed. And I look back and I say how blessed I was. And... And I've also seen many blessings that come non-financially. And in many of those are the better blessing. Yes, sir. Things that money can't buy. Amen. Amen. The gospel's full blessing, in effect, was restoration of Adam's blessing to man. Stop to Think about it. Adam was in the Garden of Eden. He was guiltless. He was sinless. And Eve, they were blessed. They had a job to do. They had dominion, <laughs> right? And then they blew it. The, 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 the blessing of the gospel is that's all been restored. Amen. But it's been added to because Jesus extended it into eternity for us. So now we have full provision, full blessing, and we have that same authority that Adam had back in the garden. So let me wrap this up. Talked about the various Old Testament blessings and, and what the Jesus blessing upon us does for us. And, and we, could, we could go on and on about Jesus' blessing. But it, it kind of begs the question because there's some people, believe it or not, and I'm not sure I'm talking to anybody here. I don't think I am. But there's some people that think that you're not supposed to be blessed. What? Right. No, we're supposed to just walk around humble worms on the, on the earth, sinners <laughs> saved by grace, but sinners nonetheless. You know, So are you saved or are you a sinner? It's not, it doesn't make a whole lot of Sense some of that. Well, so why should we be blessed? Why? Number one reason, because God wants us blessed. And especially now in the new covenant era, where there's almost no such thing as cursing, a curse, unless we choose it. Okay. He wants us blessed, number one. Secondly, we're supposed to be blessed because we honor God when we walk in the blessing. Right? Yes, sir. We're honoring him. It's it really is an act of obedience. Well, you better be blessed and you better obey. Okay. It's not that way. It's here's a blessing. Do you want it? Yes, thank you, Jesus. I will be be obedient to walk in the blessing. And a third reason why we need to be blessed is the same reason that Abraham was blessed. And the Mosaic blessing was pronounced. And all the other blessings is we're blessed to be a blessing to someone else. Amen. And I know pastor has said this many times. That's, that's where somebody says, well, I got enough money. I don't need any more. I've got enough prosperity. Don't need any more. No, but somebody else does. So you need more. So you can bless them, right? Plenty of reasons why we should be blessed and we should embrace it. So our, that, that brings us to our responsibility. I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, but Pastor has been preaching a series for some weeks now called Anointed for Authority. Amen. You can find all of your responsibility toward this blessing in the messages that he's preaching. We're supposed to exercise authority. We're supposed to walk in obedience, and we're supposed to be a blessing. So I didn't, his messages didn't trigger this message, but it sure does connect with it, I think, pretty well. Hopefully a whole new context. So we have a choice. I present before you this day life and death, Blessing and cursing. Choose. Choose life. And choose it more abundantly, especially for what Jesus has done for you. Amen? So for all of you, I hope you're a little more aware of the blessing of God. You're a little more more anxious to grab hold of it and you know a little bit more how to do that. Okay, because he wants to bless all of us, each of us. Okay, so grab hold of it and walk in it and be blessed. Amen. 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 So let me, uh, let me just pronounce that blessing over you. you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Ooh, darkness. Mm -hmm. Choices. Choices. Look at this world around us. Look at the bad choices that are being made. We all have choices. But God has grace... When we miss the mark a little bit um, and he's trying to encourage us to make the right choices because in the right choices come his full blessing on you so if you if you are dealing i'll just say this if you're dealing with choices today you've, you you you're, you're faced with Two choices and you don't know what way to go. Or you, you've made a bad choice. Um, I know nobody here but me has ever made a, made a bad choice. Or you're operating in a choice that's not just the best choice. And you want to make a better one. Remember that God's blessing is upon you and his Holy Spirit will guide you yes. and lead you if you will seek him out. Walk in the blessing and receive from you.